It's really good to be here this morning. Last Sabbath morning I had vertigo, so I was not up. (laughs) So it's very good to be vertical today, but it's just great to be back here. Um, A lot of people have heard of the Left Behind series of novels, and uh, so today we're going to talk about um, that belief system a little bit. We're going to talk about Bible truth, and but that belief system this morning that a lot of Christians have, and we'll look at the concept of the rapture and the left behind, and we'll see which one is better, whether being left behind is better or being taken is better. So most all of us know that Jesus is coming again, but we don't. But many don't know the real details in the biblical truth. So we need to pay attention to the details. Most of you are familiar with a lot of these verses. We'll have quite a few Bible verses. This is a real familiar one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And Jesus stated that, so we can count on it. And John, when he was on the Isle of Patmos, told us, Behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye shall see him. So we're getting a little more details, everyone comes along. And Luke told us this, Now when he had spoken these things, it's talking about Jesus, while they watched, that's the disciples and the others, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, now this is the angels talking, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And then Jesus also said this, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And this next Bible verse is by Asaph, one of the psalmists. So let's listen. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So we need to be listening. So, so far we've learned that this is visible, Jesus coming. Everybody's going to see it. It'll be like fire and lightning. Second thing, it'll be in a cloud. It'll have God's glory and the angels there. And third, it will be audible. He's going to call his people. Now, Jesus also tells us this, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then... He will reward each according to his works. Well, what's our reward? Some people think it's um, awards, acclaim, or monetary. But what is our reward? He is our reward, but 
so that we can enjoy him. It's everlasting life. Everlasting life with Jesus is our reward. And we're not going to get that until he comes. That's what he said. So people that think they, that they're in heaven right after they die is not according to what it says. And there's three other verses. If you said, well, maybe they didn't translate that one right or something. No, there's three other verses. So there's four altogether that say basically um, that he is coming and that his reward is with them. The one that we just read was in Matthew. This one one is in Revelation and two more are in Isaiah. So it's, it's pretty clear about that. Now, Paul has another thought he wants to share with us. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. And we know that means dead. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So how can this event be secret with all that going on? Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And Paul is the one that shares that with us. Okay, Jesus reemphasizes the thought in Matthew. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And people say this can be a secret. How can the rapture be a secret? It's going to be visible. It'll be seen by Everyone, everywhere, it's as bright as lightning. It's in a cloud full of God's glory and angels. It's going to be loud. There's going to be a shout. God's trumpet will blast. And dead people are going to be alive. And live people, they're all good. All of us will be changed. You know, we'll be immortal. I mean, you don't think that's going to... I mean, everybody's going to be amazed in talking about this. The previously dead will rise first followed by the living, and they will be gathered by the angels. So the, the secret rapture is not biblical. It's not in the Bible. Okay. Now, Isaiah has some wonderful comforting thoughts. It will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him. 
and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. I think that's really comforting. Holy people are considered to be consecrated, dedicated, sacred. But by being redeemed, they're bought back, they're purchased, they're ransomed. I mean, Jesus redeemed us. They're sought out. I mean, he's seeking us. He's searching. He's diligently checking. We are not forsaken. We are not left alone. And we are not refused. Okay, and then there's another thought that Jesus brought out and he wants us to think about. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, these verses... um, are used by the left-behind group. So listen to this carefully. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So it's those people that were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage and all that, they were the ones taken away, or at least it certainly appears that way in that verse. Now, here's, here's the one that you need to pay attention to. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Now, there's, this is also in Luke. Same basic concept. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? So there's a question. But the question is, is it taken where or left where? Okay, remember, there were two in bed, two grinding, and two in the field. So if someone was left, we know where that is. They're left in bed, left grinding, and left in the field. That's obvious. So the question is, where, Lord? It's taken where? That's the question they didn't know. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. And this is one of the few verses about birds gathering together that John shares in Revelation. It says that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, 
and of those that sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Now, this same story is also in Ezekiel 39, and I'm going to read that to you. I didn't get it up there, but I've got it copied, so I'm going to read you what Ezekiel 39 says about this same situation. And as for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to every sort of bird and every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come, gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you, a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty, drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams and lambs, of goats and bulls, all of the fatlings of Bashan. You shall eat fat till you are full and drink blood till you are drunk at my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you. You shall be filled at my table with horses and riders, with mighty men, and with all the men of war. Rather gory. This was called the Supper of the Great God. Now, but there is a contrasting thought from John. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So we can either be taken and be the supper at the supper of the great God, or we can be with Jesus eating the most magnificent meal of all time at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That sounds a whole lot better. But we have that decision to make. We have to choose which one we will be at. Being taken means destruction, being eaten by the birds. In Noah's days, those taken away all drowned in the flood. But those left behind were in the ark of safety. Being left behind is best. We've learned Jesus is coming again soon. It's visible. It's very bright. It's audible. It's very loud. And the dead will be alive again. But you know, for every truth that Jesus has in his word, the devil has a counterfeit. His first coming was misunderstood. There were just a few. Remember, the shepherds knew where and the wise men knew when. So it's understandable that his second coming could be misunderstood too. But Jesus warns us. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. You know, the Reformation that was begun by Martin Luther and continued on by others began to cause problems, big problems for the established church, the Catholic Church back then. When the Protestant Reformation began to really hurt the Catholic Church, and show from scriptures that it, the church, was indeed the beast, thousands began to flee Catholicism, and membership dropped. The church tried to wipe them out. They killed thousands of Protestants. They called them heretics, and they granted indulgences to those that hunted them. And that did more than anything to point out that they actually and truly were the beast. You know, truth 
always bubbles to the surface. And as the Catholic Church burned Protestants at the stake as heretics, they only proved that they were the baddies, the bad guys, and the number of Protestants continued to grow. So around 1545, Catholic Church changed its plans. They launched a counter-reformation to address the Protestant accusations using other means. They formed a new religious order called the Jesuits, also known as the Society of Jesus. This was an elite branch of highly educated and trained Catholic priests that targeted education. Their job was to counter the Protestant movement and shift the focus away from the Catholic Church being the beast. And two individuals came up with believable theories. These two men, the one, this left side of that, says Louis D.L. Alcazar. He came up with the preterist theory. And Francisco de Ribera came up with the futurist theory. Now, Spanish Jesuit, this Louis D. Alcazar, wrote a 900-page book titled Investigation of the Hidden Sense of the Apocalypse. And apocalypse just means the book of Revelation. <clears throat> so I'm thinking, how many pages does the book of Revelation have? It's got like 22 chapters, right? 20, 30 pages? I don't know. It depends on what version of the Bible you have. He wrote 900 pages. I mean, that's incredible. Um, in what he wrote, and he interpreted the prophecies about the Antichrist as applying before the Roman papacy was ever even established. Now, the other individual, about 1590, was Francisco Ribera, and he published a 500-page commentary on the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation, denying the Protestant application of Antichrist to the Church of Rome. And since its inception, his basic thesis has basically been unchanged. His interpretation denied the relevance of the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation for the here and now and put them in the far distant future, which thus cleared the Pope of any comparisons to Antichrist. And his thoughts, his teachings, is where left behind theology uh, that's being taught in so many churches today came from. And remember, it was created only to shift the blame away from the Catholic Church being the beast. Now, this will give you a little bit clearer picture. See if I can, ah, here we go. Preterism. Now, P-R-E-T-E-R means past in Latin. So preterists believe that Bible prophecy is past history. So the Alcazar fellow put Nero as Antichrist and had all this happening, see, before the Roman Empire even fell and before the papacy even began. Now, Ribera put, put his uh, teachings here in the future, <clears throat> and he has the secret rapture and everything back here on the far side of this. But we know from prophecy that the 1260 years was from 538 to 1798, and that's, but see, they're pointing backwards and they're pointing forwards. I hope that makes sense to you. Okay, Ribera's futurism taught that the Antichrist would be a single man at the end of time who would persecute and blaspheme the saints of God, 
He would rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. He would establish the, I'm sorry, abolish the Christian religion, deny Jesus Christ, (coughs) excuse me, be received by the Jews, pretend to be God, kill the two witnesses of God, and conquer the world. Well, Robert Bellamine, an Italian Jesuit and a cardinal in the church, heavily promoted that view, that futuristic view. He had such success that today it's followed not only by the Catholic Church, but by the majority of Protestant denominations, despite the fact that they came out of the Reformation. These, I'm not going to go into this very much, but these are the individuals, and it kind of shows you how we get down to our day. Started out with Ribera, and then this Bellarmine picked it up. Others picked it up after him. And then Edward Irving, back in the early 1800s, was the first one to teach the secret rapture. And this fellow, John Derby, taught modern dispensationalism, which is putting the church into different periods of time. Schofield, he's had a big impact because he took these thoughts and put the references in the Bibles that were published. So the Schofield Bibles have all these references to this in it. Then how Lindsay came along, was it back in the 60s, 70s, and wrote The Late Great Planet Earth? And then Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins wrote the Left Behind series. So this just gives you an idea of how it moves along in history. The blame is everywhere except where it should be. And then we have a warning. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. I don't want to be a part of that. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. And Jesus reminds us, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So do whatever you need to do to be ready, because Jesus is coming. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus is coming again to take us home, to be with him forever. And we certainly look forward to that. And we just thank you that you have shared with us the truth and you want us to know it and live it. And we just pray that each of us will be ready when he comes. And we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.